spaceship in the sky to the simulation in the mind. Let's all embark on another journey of Conversations on the Fringe. All right. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Conversations on the Fringe, live with you every Friday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we talk about those topics that are outside of the, the normal purview, and, uh, the things that are not normally discussed. We put politics and economics and all that other stuff aside, and we deep dive into various different topics that... Uh, well, need to be talked about, but probably aren't talked about that much. And tonight, a returning guest here on Conversations on the Fringe. And also, I don't know if people have noticed it, but there is a, a few new shows on the channel on the Red Pill Project, which is transitioning into decentralized media. And that is the Naturally Inspired Podcast with uh, Tammy Colfer. Garcia right here. What's up, Tammy? How are hey, you? Hey, thanks for having me again. I'm so excited about the new Decentralized. It's it's what we've wanted, you know, a space for like minds, a space to be able to collaborate with other show hosts. And mm -hmm. we're super excited. Super excited. Awesome. And, and so are we. And, and it's a pleasure to have you guys on the platform. And uh, the show is rocking and rolling this week and uh, happy to have you guys out there and got a lot of positive feedback about it. Uh, I think next week we're going to start with the video. Is, is yes, that right? yes, yes, yes. I apologize for that. I know that can be a little bit lame not having video and just listening to audio, but we're kind of we're, we're working out of our real radio station right mm. now. So it's, it's, you know, it's, we're revamping it. And uh, it's a cool space to be in because our listeners come into the station, we get to interact with our community. But it's also terrible for light. Mm. <laughs> like You wouldn't even be able to see we tried it, it was like, shaky. And it wow. was, it's so dark and black in there still. So we're painting this weekend. Wow. We're going to get some lights in there. We're going to, so you'll be able to actually, yes, it's very exciting. We're super excited. I see that in the chat. That's awesome. Thanks for being on the chat. I appreciate it. <laughs> and then we got uh, the return of Vince Tagliavia, who's been Yay. out sick the last few, few days. So happy. Vince, we were kind of talking before the show, and maybe that's a great place to start. We're going to talk about today the mind-body connection. Uh, probably a lot more topics in between that, everything from DNA to bioweapons. But the mind-body connection, I think, is one of the most important things that we can understand in the sense of our own health, and it's probably one of those things that's often overlooked. Um, you know, Vince, we were just talking before this, we were talking about detoxes, we were talking yeah. about uh, wormwood, and black walnut and all these different things and, and you've been sick recently yeah, um, yeah. And, and let me ask you it looks like you're feeling better you've lost a lot oh, of yeah. weight over the last yeah. month and a half you've been eating very clean yeah um you know and talk to us about this so and I'd, I'd like to hear kind of tammy's thoughts on this as well um about my sickness or the yeah. whole thing or the whole thing vince tell okay. us what you've been doing okay first of all i want to start with this I, I'm so happy we're talking about health and I try to make a point of discussing it every single day on my show and uh, welcome to the platform to you, Tammy. Your show is really fantastic. Uh, oh, I thanks. catch it when I can and I do enjoy that. It's really well done. So I appreciate the work you're putting in there. It's great helping Thank people you. and spreading information about health is just great. And you have uh, you do great on that. So thank you and welcome. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting over it. I'm back. I'm working again. I actually I got my first workout in in the last probably week and a half today. I felt well enough to do that. And I don't even feel sore right now. And that was many hours ago this afternoon. So I feel great. Um, but I don't even know what I had. Doctor said probably some virus. Hmm. It didn't go away until I 
I got mushrooms in and I started taking mushrooms, including turkey tail and another blend. But I was taking um, a lot of various supplements and natural remedies and eating clean and no sugar in my diet and all this for months before this happening. I did cheat on the holiday for two or three days, little things here and there, but still ate clean mostly on those days. And I do intermittent fasting. I work out a little bit every day. Even if it's just 15 minutes, I do something every day. And usually it's just 15 or 30 minutes. And then sometimes more and more walking. If I go fishing or something, I might walk, you know, five or 10 miles. But generally it's just try to stay active every day, eat healthy. And this, I can't believe it's fringe. I kind of take like a functional medicine approach. How is that fringe? The fact that you you tell a doctor that and they're like, whoa, what do you mean you're taking control of your own health? Are you crazy? You need to listen to a a quack. I'm like, yeah, what? Fringe. It needs to. I'm just I'm really thankful that I'm awake. Yes. Otherwise, I could be dead right now. I honestly believe that. (laughs) Well, my audience believes that too, Vince. I took a poll of my audience a while back and 97% responded that they're terrified to go to their general practitioner right now or to a hospital. And I can't say I blame them. Um, Common sense is completely out the window these days. And, you you know, things that you just said, you know, you slowed down a little bit, cleaned up your diet, eliminated sugar, you know, moving. These seems like pretty common sense things, but that's not what you get when you go to the doctor because all they know is what they're indoctrinated with which is how to prescribe, how to, you know, if you've only got a hammer, all you know how to do is hammer. And that's what they're taught. And, um, but we're sw- we're totally switching. And that's the whole purpose of Naturally Inspired. That's what I do every single day on the radio is try to educate and help people understand that there is, it isn't even a new way of thinking. We talk, I talk about a paradigm shift, um, which is, is totally needed, but it's not really even new. It's old. We've just been conditioned over the last hundred years to look at medicine in a totally different way than it was ever intended from like Native American medicine to, um, you know, all kinds of different homeopathic stuff. I mean, all we had was homeopathic stuff. Yeah, and like Ayurvedic medicine, Indian culture and all that stuff. Yes. For thousands of years. And it's a lot of the things that I find myself doing. And I started reading about it. I'm like, huh. Maybe they have something figured out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, these things aren't, they aren't new. They're actually old. They've just been deeply suppressed. And on top of that, we've been programmed to not trust our own intuition and our own guidance. We've been programmed to look to somebody else for health solutions. And that's what we have to change. Absolutely. And two things on that. So... The thing about functional medicine, it's great that people are doing that, but a lot of times people won't even get to that point without first having a near-death experience or getting an emergency surgery or being diagnosed with cancer or something serious, which many of us are extremely unhealthy because we've lived in this this corrupt system for so long. It's unfortunate, but so it takes a long, long time to implement these things into our lives, to actually make it a lifestyle. And I'm still going through that process there's a lot of things i need to do a lot of things i need to implement and i'm trying just one step at a time so that way i don't go off the rails you know what i mean i call that a lightning rod moment 
that's when you have, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times it's something catastrophic, like a heart attack yes. or, uh, you know, a stroke or something, you know, something really life changing. And that's what I'm trying to do is educate people. Like, don't, we don't, I always say always, you know, oh, you know, the, what is it? What movie is it where they say always be closing with Alec Baldwin, always be closing, <laughs> always be closing. I always say always be in prevention, <laughs> always be in, we should be in prevention every day. And that's the way we need to approach it with our lifestyle. So what am I doing today towards prevention? Everything we do should really be towards prevention. Of course, you mentioned, you know, through the holidays, you're going to have some pie or whatever. That's yeah. living. I'm not mm -hmm. crazy about this, right? But yeah, I agree with the, that sentiment. Yeah. When you're in a normal, your normal routine, it's not a holiday. You have to always be in prevention. So what am I doing to prevent dis-ease in my body? And all disease is dis-ease. It doesn't matter what they name it. You know, mm. I, I learned long ago, if you look at the symptoms of anxiety and you look at the symptoms of multiple sclerosis, yes. they almost mirror each other. Wow. There can be up to 300 symptoms of MS. There can be 300 symptoms of anxiety. Now I'm not saying multiple sclerosis isn't serious or anything like that. Right. I'm just saying that we all present in different ways. So why do we need these labels? You know why we need them? So they can bill us for them through insurance. Mm -hmm. okay? You mentioned to a second ago, kind of mindset and the demonizing certain health things or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of the nocebo effect. Have you heard of that? Yes. <laughs> and I suffered from this and it, I haven't taken dandelion root because of it. And I'm just now realizing today, I'm like, am I just brainwashed into thinking that something bad could happen to me. And with that mindset, I could manifest something in myself physiologically. And uh, this is my jam. What you're, where you're going right now. This is okay. what I talk about and all the we time. See things. You do a little bit of research and you yes. go to the wrong website and they're telling you all the dangers of dandelion root, all yeah. the dangers of colloidal silver, all the dangers of vitamin D supplements, all the dangers of anything that you might be trying to supplement to, fill some gaps in your own diet and, and things. Yes. And I'm just thinking this is really affecting people's mentality and it does affect us physiologically with how we think. Absolutely. We, I, I love, I've been studying um, this PhD out of Yale, actually her, she calls herself the mother of mindness her and I'm, I'm going to have her on my podcast because her whole, her whole thesis and, and study area of study right now is the mind body connection. And she breaks it down. Like we have a fight or flight response as soon as we are, we have a symptom. So what we need to do mm -hmm. is change the language around our health. So I don't say symptoms. I never say symptoms on my show. I never talk about symptoms. These are you sig just did. signals. <laughs> These are signals. That's awesome. Because the body knows nothing else but for you to help you survive. That it it it's it doesn't have an mm. opinion. It only knows I need to survive. I need to survive. And that's what it does and it's absolutely incredible at doing it. I mean, I'll just tell you anecdotally, a friend of ours um, was having some issues with, uh, you know, like feeling dizzy and, and headaches and all of these things. And it went on for a very long time. And what wow. turned out, uh, he actually had a blockage in his brain. But his body is so awesome, it rerouted the flow of blood. Hmm. Because it, it knows nothing else but to 
try to live for you, right? right? And we're taught we're fragile and that if we have a you know, we, we have, we can, it's purely idiopathic. We don't know why we get sick. We don't know why we get uh, signals from our body. No, we do. We just are trained to not listen to our signals and we're trained to have a fight or flight response when it comes to these signals instead of thinking, oh, I'm so grateful I have a fever because guess what? That means my body's working to protect my brain. Yeah. It's yep. working for me. When I throw up, it's working for me. Oh, thank goodness I'm throwing up. My body knows what to do here. But instead of looking at it in that perspective, we are taught to fear symptoms. And so yeah. when we fear these things, we then go into a higher fight or flight state. You right. cannot heal when you're in fight or flight. It's impossible. Right. So, so if you reduce your fever with medications and when it's about to start right. killing this virus, or if you take a suppressant to help you not vomit when you're trying to get rid of a poison or a toxin. Well, it, it, and that's the key, exactly. Vince, is that regular allopathic doctors, they will treat the symptoms and the symptoms are the body's natural defenses against viruses, bacteria, and these things. They will treat the symptoms with drugs. So they're yes. going to treat the fever. They're going to treat the throwing up. They're going to they're going to um, give you a muscle relaxer so that your stomach muscles can't push the toxins up and out. They're yeah. going to give you something that is going to reduce the ability for the body to produce a fever. These are the things that your body needs to do in order to actually fight these things. Absolutely. And so people then get prolonged sicker. And you know yeah. this is the the big problem with the American medical um, society. You know, an interesting thing you're you're talking about this a little while ago about doctors and, and white coats, if you want to call them that. I was, I went to the VA and I had to get an annual physical with the VA to keep my benefits in line and uh, had some blood work done and all that. And I had a, a, a registered nurse call me up and go over my blood work with me. She goes, and you know, I, I, I joke like uh, if you ever watch family guy and mm -hmm. uh, Lois takes Peter to the doctor and the doctor comes out and he's like, Peter, I got, I got, I got some bad news for you. You're, you're fat. And he looks at Lois and goes, what? <laughs> Why didn't you ever tell me this? You know? And he goes, you're healthy as an ox, but you're just fat. Right. Like, and, like I, I'm healthy as an ox, but you know, just a little overweight. And so when I look at my blood work, I kind of know where I should be at. Right. And uh, it came back with high LDL levels. And I said, oh, no worries. Know exactly what to do. Fatty liver, right. high LDL levels. I'm good. She goes, well, this is what you want to do. You want to reduce meat and fatty foods. Oh. And I said, I looked at, I, well, I didn't look at her. I'm, I'm on the phone with her. And I said, um, mm -hmm. can I ask you a question? She goes, sure. And I go, where the hell did you ever hear that? I go, that's like 1990s. Yeah. When that type of information was coming out by this, by the American Health Association and the standard American diet, you do realize that meat and fat don't make you fat and don't produce cholesterol. It's the high insulin levels through sugary That's foods right. and carbohydrates that spike the fat transport system to produce more fat and coat those those capillaries and veins with cholesterol. Yes. Yeah. Well, we can agree to disagree and hung up on me. Oh my God. Well, that's the, that is the culture in the wow. medical yep. field, right? And so that's the paradigm shift that we need to make is this thinking that we have to go to somebody else for this opinion on our own bodies that, you know, we're being marketed to in the, yep. in the medical industry.
And what do they benefit from when you have to, when you have high cholesterol? Well, you got to go on medication, right? You need statins, Josh. That's the only way you can fix it. Those are, those are bad news. Yes. Oh, and they're coming out more and more uh, with information that, you know, statins are lo- are uh, are linked to depression. They're linked to low sex drive. They're all kinds of things that they never. But this is this is an exciting time, even though it's scary, right? It's a scary time. And we, we never know what's happening from day to day. But it's exciting in terms of the medical field, because we finally have enough people questioning it. Yes. And so that is super exciting to me. So when I'm speaking to people, you know, through the radio show and on the podcast, it's now people understand big pharma bad, you know, but we just have to go a little further because they have to understand, you know, a lot of people seem to hold the opinion like, well, they're doing the best they can. I'm not of that opinion, actually. I'm of the opinion that this was very purposeful and it was planned. Right. This is part of kind yeah. of the depopulation agenda. And that's another hurdle. I mean, yes, we're getting the people to understand that something's wrong, that, you know, these shots are killing people, that this, you know, this stuff has all happened, but it's going to be another hurdle for them to accept that this was actually done on purpose. And it was done on purpose. This is part of the depopulation plan, the, the tainted food supply, the, you know, pushing of polypharmacy, the, the uh, pushing of uh, medicating our emotions with children for our children, right? We, ADHD, all of these things have now become uh, diseases or behavioral disorders. So they need to be medicated when in actuality, these are actual emotions. And we should probably figure out why a kid is having these emotions at this level that it's so disruptive. And what are we asking the right questions? What's happening? What's eat? What are you eating at home? You know, 70 teaspoons of sugar through yogurt, cereal, milk before you even get to school. And I would have trouble sitting still, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a a good question here, too, because um, right now it's what one out of three or one out of four children born are going to be labeled autistic or on the spectrum. Where in 1981, when I was born, it was one in a thousand. 1990, Mm -hmm. it was one in 500. 2000s, it was one in a hundred. Now it's like one in four. So the question is, is what are we doing wrong? And they're just like, well, it's just just the way it is. And it's just how it happens. Well, that's not how it happens. There's got to be something that's going on. And I on and we we pin this on vaccines, and they came out well. No, the vaccines are safe. I think vaccines have something to do with it. I think they might yep. be a catalyst. Yeah, my children are not- one thread, one thread of a very thick rope that's causing right. all one, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My I children are not vaccinated. Chemicals too, maybe. Okay? Yeah. My my son is he's slightly on the spectrum, okay, <laughs> but he's never been vaccinated. My daughter's never been vaccinated. So mm-hmm. the question is, is okay. Well, if it wasn't at birth with the shots that came in, mm-hmm. then maybe it was something during pregnancy. Maybe mm-hmm. it was something that the the pills or the vitamins or the shots that were given to the mother while she was pregnant with the baby. Absolutely. Um, and oh, yeah. so we have to look at all these things. Or maybe it's yep. all of these things. Or environmental yep. even. I was just going to say that, Vince. It, environmental, you're looking at ingesting, inhaling, um, or injecting. 
these are the three ways that things get inside your body. And it's not just those kinds of toxins and stuff that we're talking about. And yes, I agree, vaccines do play a part in this heavy metal detox or detoxification rather. Uh, but it's also in our air and it's in our food. I mean, we have we have glyphosate in our tissue now as human beings, we have life and, and, and it doesn't stop there. You know, we have, uh, we have different plastics now, you know, I just did a story on for the radio show, the average person eats a credit card size of plastic a year from oh, our food. Oh my God. I, I bought ground beef one time and found a bunch of microplastics ground up in it. I was mm -hmm. so upset. And you know what had the most plastics in it is kids what? foods. So chicken nuggets, the things that, you know, oh, macaroni yeah. and cheese, all the, all Processed those kind food. of, yes. Did you see what they're coming out with now for um, bakeware, plastic bakeware? Yes. Yes. All of like <laughs> the kitchen utensils are plastic too. That can't yeah, be All good. the kitchen right. utensils are plastic. That's right. Everything is turning the plastic. Now you can put plastic in the oven. And they're like, yeah. don't use wood. It's porous. Yeah. It'll give you yeah. crazy diseases. Yeah, I'm wood, like, oh, I grew up using wood every day. Will leak out of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and microwaving, you know, kids, especially with these convenient foods, kids will throw stuff in the microwave. They're not taking it out of the package and putting, you know, it into a, a glass container and I've whatnot. I mean, As... it's it's all this toxification. Yeah. It's it's what they're spraying in the skies. It um it is our lifestyle too. I I mean, I know. Um, it's overstimulation too from a very young age because mm -hmm. you're looking at screens kid they even have a term now an ipad kid an ipad baby and this is to describe somebody who's like kind of under the age of 10 that's been raised with here's the ipad here's the ipad um, that can present almost like being on the spectrum because there isn't the social interaction, the eye contact. It's a skill that you teach your child to be able to self soothe. That is a skill. It, you know, if they're sitting in the back of the seat in, in the car and you're on a longer car ride, do not give them anything that will teach them how to self soothe. When you and I were kids, we played punch buggy. Or we beat too. each other up in the back or we, you know, drew those little paper books. Me and my sister used to draw those little paper flip books, you know, that you, you do in the little, the kids don't do stuff like that anymore. They're yeah. back there on their pads or on their screens. And this is developing our skill set in a different way. And to you and I, it may present um, as being on the spectrum just because those communication skills weren't developed in the same way. Um, but again, we have to be really careful about diagnosis because as soon as we put labels on on kids and 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 even adults, then what goes with it? A the prescription, a prescription, and the, and the victimization mindset. So, yeah. yes. I want to I want to kind of go into this real quick. Wow. To get what you just said, because you touched yeah. on something, and the development of these various different skill sets, and this is something that I've learned with my children while they're growing up in this iPad era mm -hmm. that I've had to kind of help them develop over time. When you mentioned this, I, I remember, I remember this one time I'm driving with my parents and we're going to Canisius Lake. So we have the finger lakes in Western New York where I grew up and I had never been there before. Probably have, but I didn't remember, but I'm like thinking like the ocean. And I remember this and we don't have cell phones. We don't have anything. I mean, you're in the backseat of a car and I'm gazing out the window. And I remember it's like this ocean blue sky. And then there was clouds and it kind of looked like the ocean. And I remember my imagination thinking, I wonder what the ocean looks like. 
like. And I'm sitting there looking at the clouds in the sky and I'm like seeing the ocean because I'm developing my imagination. I'm developing my exactly. mind's eye through the creativity that's coming about and being stimulated by the natural environment around me. And exactly. one thing that the kids these days don't have is they don't have that high level of imagination. Like I told, asked my son the other day, I'm like, I said, think about it. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, use your imagination. He goes, well, how? And I'm like, well, how do you think? Do you, are you an audio? Uh, you, do you think like an audio? Do you think in video or pictures? Do you have a narrative? And Oh, there goes the narrative thing, Vince. I, I found a few people who don't have the narrative going around in their head again. Um, but but I, like, I have to help him develop his imagination. I have to help yes. my daughter develop her imagination. Yes. And we are losing yes. these critical skills that make us mm -hmm. who we are. And the important part about that is how are we supposed to rationalize and understand our emotions in life, breakups with a spouse or a girlfriend in high school or, or, or things that happen to us that might be embarrassing or whatever. How are we supposed to rationalize that as human beings when we don't have the capability or the, the mindset to do that because we don't have imagination. We don't have the critical thought infrastructure developed. We don't have the, the I, I guess, the foundational integrity to go about and do those things in our life, which means that instead we react out to the world. We, mm -hmm. we bunch all that stuff out and we lash out at the world around us because we're in fear and scared because something is undefined within us. and We don't know how to deal with it. And therefore we take it out on other people. And now when we take that in the context and we look at the world in front of us, it starts to make a lot more sense is that a lot of these people as kids did not have the critical skill sets necessary to develop within their mind to truly understand what their mind is and how their brain works and how that mind body connection actually comes and integrates together. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And so what we're doing now is we're actually medicating those outbursts. So because we don't have the skill set to be able to develop, you know, that imagination and, and understand that it's normal too. Right. Because we're getting to the point now where I, I had a kid over at my house years ago and my, and both my kids are very imaginative. You know, they did a lot of play, imaginary play, mm. especially my son when he was little, you know, because they like to play martial arts and, you know, rolling around and all of that stuff. And that's what my son was doing. He was probably like eight at the time. And another eight year old from school was over and he was rolling on the ground and, you know, doing all the tummy crawling and soldier stuff. And this kid looked at me and said, what is he doing? What is he doing? And I said, well, he's playing. And he goes, oh, like he didn't know. That's <laughs> wild. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. that's when I began to notice that this was an issue, that kids weren't playing like that anymore. And in actual, actually that type of play was reprimanded at school because yeah. it was considered violent. That was before I pulled my kids out of school, but it was shortly after that. That was one of the red flags. I was like, what? You're going to reprimand my kid for playing army? He's a boy. Like, that's what they do. <laughs> you can't stay. I mean, I can remember thinking, because I grew up in Canada and stuff, and there's like, oh, no. Yeah. I, right. Oh, no. And I, I, we do, I wasn't raised around guns and stuff like that. So I just, I was like, kind of one of the new moms. I was like, well, I'm not going to buy him any toy guns or whatever. Oh, yeah. That lasts about five seconds because as soon as he could walk, he started picking up sticks and rocks <laughs> and turning them into guns, you know? And it was, it's like, this is this is part of normal development and especially with our boys uh they need to test their limits 
-hmm. And this is another whole issue that actually has a lot to do with health because we have a crisis with young men in this country uh, because they haven't been able to express their emotions normally. Mm -hmm. They've been told that their feelings and emotions are, are, um, uh, illegitimate or wrong or dirty or bad or toxic or all these other things when they're actually normal. They are normal for normal things that men should do and think and feel. I'm not talking about criminal behavior. I'm talking about normal masculine behavior. And that's what women want anyway. And then they stomp it out of men because society says don't be that way don't be that way and women go along with it and then they end up not liking the men because they've they've completely smashed the very thing that women are attracted to which is masculinity and it's this neo-altruism movement that is going on and it, it vince me we've been talking about this this neo-altruism movement doing research that, right now yeah that we have this better for society, better for the group. And so the emotions or the thoughts and the feelings of the individual are therefore suppressed. And this is how our education systems are bringing children up. It's no longer about, hey, this one child might have some problems. Let's go in there and help that one child. Right. Uh, and instead, it's it's about the group as a whole and how everybody's feeling. And then, you know, identifying the limiting factors in the sense of race and culture and giving that attention instead equity. of actually, yeah, the equity aspect yep. of thing, instead of actually giving attention where it is needed. My, my daughter has suffered massively for from the modern school system. We went, we were in, obviously Colorado Thornton. Yeah. And um, I will tell you right now, I grew up in New York state. I went to school out there. They have standard and regents. I graduated with a regents diploma. I don't know how I did it. I worked my ass off my junior and senior year. Um, now I live in Minnesota. I'm seeing the schools out here and the curriculum that they're giving to my children. Um, and I can tell you one thing, Colorado schools are absolute garbage. Yep. Absolutely. The, the worst schools I've ever seen in my life. And, and nothing, nothing against these kids I'm about to talk about, but my children were in a class to where they had quadriplegics in the same class while they're getting taken care of classroom interruptions with various kids that have disabilitating illnesses that shouldn't have been in those classes. They should have been in other classes to where right. they were, could have benefited more and got more attention. Right. And, and that helps to take away from the attention that these other kids actually really need. need. And, mm-hmm. and my daughter, I mean, obviously went through COVID and they did the online thing during COVID and literally was an hour of teachers talking to them and then giving them assignments to do on their own of things they never knew how to do. And then just grading them on this curve where everybody passed. It doesn't matter. You just, you're good to go. And that was so sad because now she's suffering for that out here. And we get out here to a real school Mm-hmm. And I mean, the stuff that they're learning here, I, I, I look at their homework, I look at their schoolwork, I know their teachers, I take part in all the field trips that go on. Um, they had a book in this high school that came in that was written by a gay guy, and he talked about a few of his experiences in life. And it was an autobiography, and the parents in this district came out, and they're like, protesting outside of the school board meetings, like, you need to remove this book. The superintendent goes out there, reads the book 
takes some screenshots, sends an email out, and he goes, look, I, I read the book. There's nothing bad in here. You guys can read it yourself. Um, we will limit it to only juniors and seniors. There's nothing uh, – there's no bad content in here. I urge you guys all to read the book yourself. Um, if you do have problems with it after this, just let me know, and we will remove the book. But that's the type of school that I want is I want a school that's right. going to be supportive of the environment for learning and not yes. the environment of social conditioning. Yes. Yes, or social social contagion. Social equity contagion. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, that's the scary thing because these kids are impressionable, obviously. And you know, I, I was just uh, I was looking at something on Libs of TikTok that today actually she posted this really sad video of this very you know mentally ill younger person and um it, all the things you know the blue hair and and the obesity and the piercings and and to me when i watch something like that it is it is just a, a desperate cry to try to bring worthiness to yourself or some kind mm. of relevancy and and they're they're affirming that in the school system like you just described uh, that you know be different and if you're different then you get all these accolades so you know for for a kid that's just kind of average normal you know not great at sports not great at school just hanging in there um this is a very enticing thing to be to get some extra attention and, yeah. and now it's gone so far it's not even enough to be uh lgbtq or whatever that's not enough now you've got to have a mental disorder as well I don't know if you've been seeing that trend, but there is trends now. The uh, pharmaceutical companies seem to be, uh, you know, pushing stuff through influencers. That's the video. I knew it was. <laughs> yeah. let, let me play this real quick. Yeah. I know I look up right now. It's because I've been sobbing. I was just talking with customer support with my bank. I was calling about some bank stuff. The lady like was super nice. So she called me Mr. Carter, which is, I mean, like, my voice is deep, I get it. I was like, oh, actually, it's Miss Carter. And she's like, oh, sorry. And then she just proceeded to call me Carter. <laughs> but she kept saying, sir. And it is accidental, and she'd correct herself. But at some point during the call, I just started sobbing. Because, like, you know, the, the dysphoria has been a lot lately. I feel so bad because she, she heard me sobbing and she's like, I'm so sorry. I know how it feels, sir. I mean, ma'am. God. <laughs> that. Yeah. And here's the thing is they're aware of it. They even say mm -hmm. the dys dysphoria, right? Yeah. They're yeah. aware of it. And I don't know if they're aware that a lot of that is brought about by social emotional conditioning that has happened primarily through their environment and yeah. through indoctrination um, and then through poisoning within the environment. And I think that that is such a big factor is the poisoning in the environment. Well, and medication, this, uh, you know, these kids are getting put on things like Adderall and, you know, other Ritalin, other, other, other medications from a really young mm -hmm. age. Now, not only are there psychotropic uh, medications that, you know, create uh, different states in your mental capacity, but they also clog up your cells. You get toxified yep. liver. 
So this is some really interesting work uh, Dr. Palmer's working on. He wrote a book called Brain Energy and the link to metabolic health when it comes to our mental health. This, I think, is one of the things that will be brought to the forefront because we've now exposed most people, well, not most people, I shouldn't say that, most people in the field of health now recognize that a chemical imbalance is a lie. That does not exist. That was proven to be a fraudulent study. That was a fraudulent study that you, you know, ment mental illness is not caused by a chemical imbalance. And that so, just, the idea of that must have just came up because our neurons in our brain use electrical signals and chemicals in order to communicate between cells. Or because of serotonin levels, really. Oh, really? You know, I think that was a, a major part of it. They could measure serotonin levels. And so they're thinking this person's low in serotonin. This is a chemical imbalance. All we have to do is the SSRIs to balance this chemical imbalance. And then we'll we'll have some kind of normalcy here. But yeah. that was the wrong ap approach. The science on that was fraudulent, first of all. Wow. And we're finding out now it's more metabolic. So it's mm -hmm. the way that you're processing food. It's what the kind Kind of, you know, maybe it's, uh, we talked about this on my show the other day, the MTHFR uh, gene. Motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It, it actually, you know, 60% of Americans have that mutation where they can't methylate vitamin B and other vitamins. There's like five different genes like that, that are mutations. Now I'm very careful when I talk about genes because genes are not your destiny. And we've been, we've been programmed to think we can't do anything about our genes. Oh, I'm just, I've got the gene. I've got the breast cancer gene. I'm going to end up with breast cancer. That's not true. That 50 or, yeah. 50% of people who have the BRCA gene get cancer and 50% don't. And aren't there things you could do to like epigenetically Absolutely. affect your Absolutely. That's what we're learning. And that's, I think this is where this is going with the metabolic um, discussion when it comes to mental illness with bipolar, schizophrenia, all of these things. A ketogenic diet has been very therapeutic to people. And um, so this is, this is the new frontier. It, it's going to be an uphill battle for two reasons. Not only are we kind of battling the pharmaceutical paradigm of it, um, which is a dying a slow, painful death, but I have something to say about where that's going to, uh, that I think you'll be, you guys will be interested in. Um, it's dying a slow, painful death, but not only that, we have to re-educate ourselves to be good patients. Mm. We're not good patients. No, we I go in patients. and we want results right now. I do. And, and we want it, what we want it in the form of a pill, give us a pill, give it conveniently, give it to me so I can leave and feel better. That's not how healing occurs. It isn't. So time. we have to, we have time and we have to accept that the process of healing is turning us into a different human being as well. And this is when we understand that we don't want to cheat the system. Because every, all of this is happening for us, not to us, but for us. Mm. So what am, I, what am I getting out of this? Who am I going to become through this process of healing? So it's this embracing, thank you. I'm grateful that my body signals these things to me to save my life because it loves me and it works for me. It knows no other thing but survival. And what am I going to get out of this process? And then that is setting the stage for healing instead of freeze, 
fight or flight. Oh my God, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop the signals. I need to be in panic mode. I just need to get this over with. No, no. Even, even the intensity of the language around medicine is scary. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not conducive with healing. It's a breathing for goodness sakes. I mean, we just talked yeah. to Mark England, who is great on the show. He's going to be on the podcast um, at the end of December. He's all about language. Um, I'm certified in NLP as well. Oh, and it's um, a great tool because our language primes our physiology. <laughs> if we are scared of symptoms, if we are scared and in this fight or flight and, oh my gosh, where am I going with this? This is happening to me, not for me. That is a totally different physiology than, okay, these are signals for my body. My body loves me. I was made holy and wonderfully. I am built to heal. I am capable. What am I getting out of this journey? Who am I becoming through this journey? Totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. One cultivates yeah. healing and one cultivates fear and disease. Yes. <clears throat> well, and Joe Dispenza talked about that. Yeah. He said, you know, he says that can your thoughts make you sick? And uh, absolutely, but then your thoughts can also make you well. That's and, right. and it's not necessarily about um it's about the language. You talked about this in the beginning as well. It's about the language, you know, instead of, you know, saying, uh, Oh, I feel sick. Or I think I, people say, I think I'm getting sick nine times yeah. out of 10 are going to get sick. That's right. In, instead of, yeah. instead of, yeah. I think I'm getting sick. Oh, oh, my body's giving me signals that, um, you know, something is going on. Let me readjust some things. Yeah. Right? Be more positive oriented towards a solution yeah. than doom and gloom towards a result or expectation. That's right. That's right. And that's what this, uh, this gal, I've been looking at her research papers. Uh, she's at Yale, Ellen Langer. She talks about this and her uh, relationship with age. She's an older lady. And so this really piqued her interest. How much of my aging is happening because I expect it? Because my eyes are going to go out in my 40s. Oh, boom, my eyes go out, right? Oh, I'm going to start getting an achy back because I'm 50. Or I can't do what I used to do because I'm getting older. And the correlation is what she's finding is that people are aging themselves with their thoughts. Oh, my God. Gosh, I, yeah. I knew it. I knew uh, it. So and, and you cool. know, What's since I was since I was five years old, I said, "I'm never gonna die." <laughs> That's never, I'm not gonna grow. I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna stay 42 forever. And you know what? I'm 42, and I'm gonna stay this forever. Who's yeah, doing that I research, mean- Tammy? Um, her name is Ellen Langer's PhD, and I'm going to have her on my podcast. I'm, okay, I've reached great. out to her a couple times. I wow. may have to beat down her door because, you know, I'm one of those crazies like you guys. Oh, I got a tinfoil hat and she's more you mainstream. So I might have to be really super nice <laughs> to get her. On my I, I had an NYU professor come on this show and it was a really good conversation till yeah. the end. until yeah. we realized that he's, uh, you know, we started talking about climate change and he worked for NASA JPL and did a lot of the measurements. Oh, yeah. and, um, and I said, yeah, but 
if the government wasn't funding that, then he got on me about that. And I'm like, right. yeah, but the money is the reason why. No, it's real. Right. And then and then we even get him, Vince, because we said, you said, but just a minute ago, you said that the sun dictates 95% of all the climate <laughs> on this planet. But now you're saying that humanity is causing was, the climate change when yeah. you just said the sun did. Yeah, I don't remember if I said that. But I just I remember I, a little bit of that. I uh, just yeah. I just covered the co-founder. Gosh, I can't remember his name. A PhD a co-founder of Greenpeace, who is like oh, saying, "You guys are nuts. This is all about money. Like this is not what's happening." Yeah, and it's like he... the, the co-founder of Greenpeace. Yeah, I just covered him, Doctor wow. James. Um, yeah. Darn it. I can't remember his name. Uh, but anyway, I played a clip for him on my radio show the other day because he's he's telling you flat out. We, we and I, I this is how I'm an Dr. environmentalist. Patrick Moore. Yes, oh, yeah. Patrick Moore. That's what it is. Um, I, I don't know why I thought it was Doug. But anyway, um, I'm I got a little homestead here in Colorado. I'm I'm very much an environmentalist. I I'm a conservationist. I believe in all this stuff. We don't have a climate crisis. You know, we do have environmental issues, but mm. oh, this is this is not linked to me having eight head of cattle or you driving your car. This is linked to, you know, them poisoning our rivers with fertilizer that they shouldn't even be using because they want a monocrop, not polycrop. Yeah, what? hit me with I it. I got a theory. <laughs> so if we look at the organ, so. Kyoto Treaty 1992 is when a lot of this started. This is where the, the UN and so forth started bringing about Agenda 21 and Codex Alimentarius, which obviously controls yep. the food supply, the, the seed supply. Um, but what else was also happening there is there was a lot of exposure that was coming about <clears throat> against corporate pollution against the polluting of the soil, the air, and the rivers, and people were beginning to fight back. I know this because my grandma was one of them in upstate New York. She got oh, cool. um, a, a mastectomy and had uh, her breast removed because she had breast cancer, and it came about because of tetrahydra something-something chloride in the water that spilled because a Kodak had a train derailment that went into yes. the underground springs and got into the water supply and People were getting cancers all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so people started pushing back. And I think what happened is that these same corporations and companies utilize their philanthropies and nonprofits and NGOs to go out there and basically petition the government to get taxpayer dollars and the research for climate change mm -hmm. and then make this a man-made issue and blame it on you and me to produce a system to allow yes. them to continue to pollute, but it's kind of a taxation system. And if you notice the transition from the 1990s to the current day, we no longer talk about chlorofluorocarbons in the sky or the exhausts that are coming out of these big manufacturing plants or the waste that's dumped into the various rivers, the aquifers or the the underground springs we're talking about carbon dioxide one mm -hmm. of the main primary elements of life yes right yeah we're not talking about all the various different types of pollution that is being drawn out by these big massive factories right we're talking right. about exhalation yeah food for zero trees. is going to kill us yeah <laughs> it's a psychological warfare campaign yes. designed by the rich and elite to cover up their ability to pollute into the environment. And while that yep. pollution occurs, these produce environmental issues, which will cause various different types of declines within a geographic area and cause, you know, 
they, they, and the data is so bullshit, but it'll yep. cause various different types of transitions and increased weather in those areas with the high levels of pollution or the pumping yeah. of various different chlorofluorocarbons, the eating away of the O3, of the, uh, the ozone layer, all these different things. Mm-hmm. But they blame it and they produce a system of blaming this on you and me and then making you and me pay for it. And that is the real key is I you agree. and me are paying so that they can go out there and pollute this earth. Yeah. And that yeah. is the psychological warfare campaign that has been waged since the 1990s yeah and i i i've been noticed like i've been noticing the last 10 years i'm like why doesn't anybody talk about the poisoning of the water and the soil and the air and the yeah, sky it's anymore about and that. it's all factories pumping yep. clouds up and nobody is mentioning shit about it but you got these kids out there gluing their hands to freaking <laughs> roads saying there's too much carbon dude yeah. Everything's fucking carbon. <laughs> exactly. like, it's the primary element of yeah. our sun. You fucking. You have moron. to be like, part of the cult to go along with it. That's why I covered John Kerry this week too, because he's now brought his daughter in on it. So this is a familial thing. She's now getting stepping into it in the way of health. So climate's all about your health, she says. And this is part oh. of the cult. Like a cult has tenets that they have to believe in. And mm-hmm. an outsider can come and say, like this Greenpeace guy, comes. he comes as an outsider and says, you guys are crazy. This isn't, these tenants are bullshit, right? This isn't, this isn't true. And, yeah. and the cultists go, no, it is true. It is true. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the repetition propaganda that's been going on and they get the influencers involved in it. Now that we have social media, this is a huge force. I was talking to my husband about this the other day. I'm not sure, you know, they, they made a run at a virus with the pig flu in like 2007 or eight, I think it was right. 2008 to 2010. Yeah. Yeah. The swine flu. They made a run at it. But it didn't stick as much because we didn't have this social media wasn't as prevalent there. So mm-hmm. they couldn't push the message and the fear campaign as forcefully as they did with COVID. It is wow. it, it just was all the you know, the perfect storm. They now had this vehicle of social media that people are spending, you know, just tons of time on and it's becoming their way to get news it's becoming their way to to uh chat you know with their with their loved ones using snapchat a lot of people don't even younger kids don't even use text they use these apps they use snapchat they use instagram to communicate so this was like the it was just the perfect stage um set for it it's crazy it it was and you know, the, the psychological warfare is massive in this world. I mean, I mean you're certified in NLP. I've taken mm-hmm. multiple NLP classes. Um, it's one of those things that you can utilize to your benefit. Yep. Or you can utilize to manipulate. Absolutely. True. But here's yep. the thing is when you know it, when you understand neuro-linguistic programming, you cannot not hear it. Yep. Is when you get yeah. people out there, Barack Obama, when I come out there. He's this like an NLP master. I present yes. myself. Yes. He's a lot of these preachers. And I say, yeah, they use that voice. They drive that tone up. They yes. have the right pauses in between. Yeah. They, they set the anchor position. And, you know, when you can really see it on the news, the mainstream news. So yeah. I've been trying to teach my audience how to identify it. So I played a clip. It was again about climate. It was uh, I think it was a British uh, broadcaster who was leading the the guest. Right. So isn't this true that it's all man made and his voice is way up here. 
and the cadence is so fast. And then he doesn't get a response like he was leading to get. He actually gets a legitimate scientist that goes, who's an astrophysicist that goes, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like really calm and smooth, right? So I just used that clip because it was such great contrast between propaganda and using NLP because this newscaster is clearly trained in NLP using cadence, using tone, using presuppositions to imply that you are going to think this too. Right. Right. Most right. people even, think NLP even, is a, it's a pseudoscience. Why are we even why are we even talking about it on this podcast? Right? right. Most people believe it's all these kinds of little tricks. Well, all you have to do to prove somebody to prove somebody yeah. to prove that NLP is right is just rattle off a couple of propaganda slogans from different advertising campaigns. You know, Probably. milk does the body good. Yeah. Where's the beef? Nike just. If you can finish those sentences, yeah, then you have to recognize that NLP is true. Because <laughs> why yeah. do you know that? Why do you know that? Repetition is a big part of it. Edward Bernays talked about that too, and and developing propaganda and turning our country into a consumerism country. That that was very purposeful to implement us as being high level consumers instead of creators, which is another thing we always talk about on our podcast and the, and on the radio shows. That's that's our antidote to what's happening out there right now is returning to being creators. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's part of our, our being, we are designed to create, we're not designed just to consume and sit and not be participate, you know, participate in life and, and use our consciousness. And that, Josh, I wanted to bring up that what you were talking about too, when you were talking about uh, creativity and imagination. Uh, I think that directly links actually to what we're seeing with the vaccine. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, and this is, you know, anecdotally plus, because I have seen some papers now come through um, about cognitive uh, changes from people who have been multiple taken multiple shots. And this kind of correlates with what we've seen with the agenda with Bill Gates, he is openly acknowledged that he wanted to vaccinate people and and, and you know, uh, do away with radicals, radical religion. He, this, yes, thank you. V yes, VMA two. So VMA two is an interesting gene that we have in our body. Dean Radin actually did a lot of work on this at SRI when he was a part of that. And he actually talked about it on the program when we had him on there. Oh, cool. They discovered a gene, which they call the psychic gene or the God gene. Yeah. And that in people who tend to have psychic abilities or people who tend, tend to be devoutly Christian or Catholic or very spiritual and religious, mm -hmm. they always have this gene activated. And he mm. said that atheists, people who don't believe in this stuff, do not, do not have this gene activated. What's interesting specifically about this gene is that the upregulation of the gene, the turning on of the gene occurs through the ACE2 receptor sites. Bingo. Which is, and, we heard that is what the issue with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And with yeah. the vaccine, or not even the vaccine, the spike protein specifically. The spike protein, yeah. They target that ACE that ACE2 receptor and down regulate, regulate the ACE2 it. receptor. So yes. if they down regulate the ACE2 receptor, there's no upregulation of BMAT2. 
Oh, I'm going to have to dive into that a bit more. That's fascinating because this is what I'm term, uh, my term, this is my term is real professional, real, really, really a, a medical term. Spike brain is what I'm calling <laughs> it. <laughs> Because people seem to be lacking empathy and it mm -hmm. could be, it could be multiple things going on here because we have been through, put through a complete shit show for the last four years and it's been really taxing, right? It's been very exhausting emotionally, but I'm hearing more and more about situations where people are not responding appropriately to high stress or even uh, dangerous situations. So yeah, one, one story I was told about was that somebody was trying to steal something in a store and a fight broke out between the security guard and this person trying to steal something. And, uh, everyone just kept shopping. Yep. They just kept shopping. Oh no, you know? no. There was, uh, in, uh, Seattle at, at Starbucks, a, a, oh, guy, okay. a guy was sitting down at the table. He had his daughter with him. And another guy who sat in his seat, and he's like, hey, man, you need to get up. And the guy stabbed, got up and started stabbing him. And people oh, just pulled out their yeah. phone and recorded it while his daughter yes, was Yes, that's right. He fell the on the Vancouver. ground. Yes. And people just sat there and, and filmed, filmed it. filmed it. Like, this is. Yep. Gosh. Fuck. Well, that's interesting because this story I'm telling you happened in Vancouver as well. Wow. Yeah. And Canada has an extremely high uh, uh, vaccination rate. It's well, very and, and I think that we're going to see a, a, a large onset of early dementia as well. Yes, I do too. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really interesting because if this is the tactic of Bill Gates brainchild, well, I don't, I wouldn't even give Bill Gates the credit. I don't think he really has this type of, uh, you know, agenda himself. I think it's more something that came from his dad and has been part, you know, passed on through this cult. This is a cult. These people are cultists. They're in a depopulation. Yeah, it's a depopulation agenda. It's a mass surveillance agenda. They have a very, you know, specific uh, uh, set of, of criteria that they want to fulfill. And that doesn't include us having consciousness and our connection to God or to, you know, what to to the ether, whatever you want to say, the, the vibration of life. Uh, they want to cut that. They want to cut that. And, and that to me is that gene you were talking about and how we're seeing that kind of disconnect between being empathetic humans, looking into someone's eyes and seeing their spirit. And uh, that's that's what I feel like pharmaceuticals do in a, in a lot of ways as, as well. When people are on uh, pharmaceuticals for for psychotropic, you know, pharmaceuticals, yep. there's this glassing so over. People. Yeah. And what did they bowling. do at the same time that the we'll SSRIs would be prescribed to kids and children? Is yeah. Did you notice that at the same point in time, the technological revolution occurred and the gaming industry skyrocketed and then targeted those exact children yeah. with various different games that had uh, absurd amounts of violence in them mm -hmm. to basically condition these children to be okay through this violence, act non-emotionally through this violence? Yeah. Um, and, and this is a, a form of, of post-traumatic stress that occurs within kids. And, you know, yeah. most of our kids walking around today, th they're feeling that. And they're, instead of expressing that emotionally, they're suppressing it emotionally. And then they yeah. have these outbursts. And, you know, uh, the, the psychological warfare is real. And, and I want to just, I want to put this out there. I've been wanting to say this all day. And, and we are on the psychological warfare topic because a lot of this is psychological warfare. We have depopulation agenda. We have mass surveillance. But 
psychological warfare is the primary facet that is being utilized in this because the number one thing that is related to every single individual on this planet is information. And whoever controls the flow of that information and the context of that information is the one who will control the world. Um, I came across this little research and I'm like, no way, this can't be true. And I started looking into it. Um, I'm not voting for this man, but I, I had no problem with RFK Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And RFK Jr. just recently came out and discussed how he believes that the CIA had his uncle, John F. Kennedy, and his father killed. Yeah. And yeah. then something came across my table today that said, what if RFK Jr. is a CIA plant? Mm-hmm. And I said, that's odd. Mm-hmm. So his uh, campaign manager was Dennis Kucinich. Yes. Former senator. He left the campaign trail. He, he's no oh, longer. Oh, I didn't RFK's, know that. No. So his daughter-in-law. Amaryllis Fox Kennedy has taken over for him. This is his daughter. I did not know that. So Amaryllis mm-hmm. Fox Kennedy um, is her stepdad is a guy, a business billionaire business guy by the name of Stephen Rails. Not mm. much there. Um, when she was eight years old, her friend Laura died in the Pan Am Flight 103 Lockerbie bombing. Kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she became the youngest person at 22 years of age to join the central intelligence agency and become a non-official um, candidate or a knock list member working in China in the intelligence community. Wow. Okay. And interesting, uh, interesting enough is that she was represented by Mark Zaid. People remember Mark Zaid. He was a, he's a Republican against Trump, all this stuff. Um, she was Fox was represented in the process by uh, attorney Mark Zaid, and this was because of non disclosure disclosure agreement she signed with the CIA. Uh, which is interesting because Mark Zaid happened to be the lawyer that represented the clients on the Pan Am flight 103. It's always this way, it's always this way, and and, and you just think you got this circle that? that's coming yeah. around. And now she's a campaign manager for RFK Jr. Apparently hasn't been a member of the CIA since 2012. Are you ever not a member of the CIA? You're never not a member of the CIA. And so there's something very, and we see this, watch the wives, watch the people behind the scenes who are, who are helping these people out. And I've questioned a lot of these people. I mean, even um, Don Jr.'s wife, because her background is just as skeptical Um, and, you know, the head of the Rothschild family right now is someone who doesn't even have the blood of the Rothschild. That makes no sense whatsoever. Who is that person? Well, she's the daughter of a school teacher and a military officer. Oh, well, that kind of trend seems to go to Jill Biden, to Martha, uh, to Barbara right. Bush. It starts to go to all these other first ladies that we begin to see school teacher, military officer. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I don't think a lot of conspiracy theorists talk about is Operation Paperclip. When it came over to the United States, yep. they brought their families over. Of course. They brought their families yeah. over. And guess what? You couldn't send a blonde-haired, blue-eyed German child, girl, to an American school after World War II hmm. with a German family that speaks German. You'd have to put them in an adopted family. And guess who would adopt them? The military generals would take these children in and raise them as their own and allow them mm. to grow up normally in the United States of America. Damn. 
And so now you got Lynn Forrester Day Rothschild, Lynn Forrester Day Rothschild, the head of the Rothschild dynasty, who came from a school teacher and a military officer and mm-hmm. rose up. No, she's high level, fourth Reich. That's who these people are. Jill Biden, high level, fourth Reich. Mother was a school teacher. Father was a military officer. Blonde hair, blue eyes, blonde hair, blue eyes. And the list goes on with a lot of these different people. Yeah. And, and so you're right. There is a cult at work here. It yeah. is occulted. And so it's not that the word occult is bad. It's that what they do is hidden from your view. It is That's behind right. the scenes. And what we see bubble up on the surface as Bill Gates, what is behind Bill Gates is the real secrets. Yes. It's not Bill Gates and his actions. He is right. the front man perpetuating this agenda. Okay. He's not the one making the decisions in the backdrop saying this or that is going to happen next. Okay. No, there are factors behind Bill Gates that control who, who he is and what he does. And that's the thing is we don't even know who that is. Yeah. That's the scary part. It is. And another story like that is Kamala Harris's mother. Have you ever dive in on that one? No. So she's into bioengineering. She's into bioengineering. They they immigrated from India to Canada. And then she's got all these ties with like, uh, you know, genetic, genetic research and bioengineering. Like, I don't know, but like, how come it's never just a kid that grew up in a small town? And, small and, Kansas and, town. And- <laughs> like, oh, so my, true. you know, and, and she's got all these awards and she's got all these different ties to these scientists and, and geo, you know, uh, gene engineer. And, and here we are in the throes of, of this crossroads when it comes to our health, whether we're going to go transhuman or stay human. Like, is that well, accidental that the the vice president of the United States, his mother is, you know, she's dead now, but when she was alive, she was all into, into bioengineering. And that's, that was the other thing I was going to mention about the transition of uh, the pharmaceuticals dying a slow death. Yes, they're dying a slow death, but start looking at some of these stories now. So we have several different mainstream docu-series by, you know, that are dramatized. So, uh, dope sick. Um, you know, there's another one. Have uh, you watched that one? I haven't. It's good. It's really? good. And, and, and very true. It's about the Sackler family and, um, painkillers. Another one, uh, there's three or four of them out now. Okay. So this tells me that they're getting ready to, uh, accept the demonization of big pharma. They're going to go along with it because they, they know that it can't be changed at this point, right? People know pills bad, all this stuff's coming out, you know, the, with the vaccines and everything. So what they're going to do is transfer, and this is my prediction, so it's just a prediction, uh, but what they're going to do is transfer into biologics. So mm-hmm. big pharma bad, biologics good, and they're going to start telling you that this is natural, for your body because it's a biologic well twofold with biologics uh it's a totally different set of liability if you can get a product that is considered a biologic it doesn't have the same kind of liability as a pharmaceutical product 
So it's going to be this shift into biologic. Everything's <laughs> going to be gene editing. Everything is going to be using your own natural body to yes. And so yeah. they, this is, this is, this is the transition. So get ready for it. They're going to take it down purposefully. They're going mm -hmm. to agree with you. You're right. Big pharma bad. This is the old antiquated version of health in the medical system, pharmaceuticals, chemicals, bad. Yes, very bad. And then they're going to sell you this is good. This is better biologics. This is your own body. This is bio identical. This, this is, is natural. That's right. We're developing this through your no. own stem cells. Right. And then comes the robotics part of it. Exactly. To get morph into machines. And right. I think Neuralink they're setting the stage because you're talking earlier about how they have people with this mindset of the body's imperfect you guys it's just the way yes. it is this i was doing research one? yeah yeah Unint unintended protein <laughs> yeah uh -oh. so so the, so the mrna vaccines they found cambridge has found that they're creating unknown proteins never seen before in the human body but right. don't worry they say that your body made them yeah your yeah, body, your body made, made them. them so they're not harmful but yet they don't know where they are. They don't know how they were made. They don't know why they were made and they don't know what they do. And guess what? Proteins have, they have certain functions that they do. We don't know what these functions do. And I said, well, I bet some of those functions are probably myocarditis, stroke, <laughs> cancer, uh, cancer. <laughs> like, yeah, like dude. you take a wild guess what these things do people. I mean, yeah. and yeah, here's yeah, also yeah. is unknown proteins in your body produce antigen responses. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. means that your immune system becomes busy That's dealing right. with all of these unknown proteins and can't take care of actual things that are happening in your body. That's so if right. a person, for instance, had a cancer, got rid of it, they still are producing cancer cells, but yep. you know, maybe they're living a healthier lifestyle. Now, it's all of reignited. a sudden their immune system's immunosuppressed, it becomes ignited, their body can't take care of it because it's dealing with all of these unknown proteins. That's right. Cancer. Wow. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think this is where it's going because uh, they're going to have no choice but to accept some kind of damage to the pharmaceutical model. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be this rollout of biologics that's going to be the new thing. So we have to just really keep informing people that, listen, again, you know, back to basics, back to common sense here. Your body's whole. You were born whole. You're, you're, you're per perfectly capable. And we don't know the long-term effects of a lot of these things that they're going to be pushing upon us like the neural link and right. and it's going to sound all great and wonderful but we have to really wake up and understand what we're doing we're changing humanity like forever so, <laughs> this is so for everybody this is out not there not a small thing i wrote this april 13th 2022 this is on our Substack. you can find this at redpillproject.substack.com this is bill gates and george soros uh, join forces to steal genetic material. So the global health, uh, global access health GAH is a consortium formed by Bill and Melinda Gates foundation in collaboration with the George Soros economic development fund. And they have made massive moves to buy tons of different companies. One of them is a company called Mo logics, uh, which they've already purchased. Bill Gates actually funded this company in 2017 with a $500,000 grant to go out there and develop testing for zootic uh, born viruses, including coronaviruses. And that was in 2017. Uh, Mo logic, for those that don't know, every time that you buy a peon test, so a pregnancy test or any of these things, that is their patented technology. 
By the mm -hmm. way, the Chinese, uh, the, the Chinese lab in California that was busted a few months ago that was running illegally in the United States of America, remember what they were doing is they were putting these viruses on all of these various different test strips. That's MoLogic who owns that technology that actually allows that to happen. But this article goes really deep into um, the different types of investments that Bill uh, Bill Gates and George Soros have made specifically. Um, and this is directly pulled off of all of their websites. And so mm. Bill Melinda Gates Foundation's websites before they all did that. And this talks about CRISPR-Cas9, um, designer gene editing companies that they've been buying up for decades, yeah. as well as integrative uh, technologies that utilize um, data sharing abilities. So going out there and buying satellite companies to basically create Starlink type networks to transfer data and upgrading these microsats to uh, a high level of data transmission. I wonder why they're going to do that. Well, Bill Gates also owns the patent for the blockchain inside the human body using nanotechnology. And right. so we're being integrated into a system. You know, and Tammy, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I'm 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 wacko crazy on this shit, and I am I'm a probably right hack. <laughs> I'm a tinfoil hat guy. Yeah, uh, we we had David Ike, David Whitehead, and myself. We interviewed David Ike a few weeks ago. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a part of it. I saw a part yeah. of it. Yeah, and we talked about the web of control, and and David believes that they're interdimensional beings and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I become more and more convinced every day that we're not dealing with aliens that we're mm -hmm. not dealing with interdimensional beings or demons or anything like that, that mm -hmm. what has invaded our world right now, what is taking over our world is artificial intelligence, that it mm -hmm. is already conscious that there is some type of artificial intelligence on this planet and they are taking over and they are trying to turn us into nothing more than autonomous drones or hosts for them. I, I, I'm convinced of this. If, if we look at the, you know, like Joe Biden, for instance, or we look at all these people in the public purview, you know, we see some of them, their eyes are like, you know, Taylor Swift one day, yes. their eye like flickering, Katie like, Perry, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. the machine was tweaking out or something. And I'm like <laughs> falling down. like, <laughs> right. and, and then we see like a lot of green screen type of things on the yes. movies. Um, yeah. I'm convinced that I think a lot of these people aren't real people and they're most likely artificial intelligence, CGI types of creations in a fictitious world. And that yeah. this planet has been invaded by some type of artificial intelligence. Um, and maybe I, just my I, thought, I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't, dis, I don't, I don't say no to anything anymore. I yeah. really don't. I'm just like, it could be, it really could be because it, 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 we're to a point now where, you know, everything that is bad is good and everything that's good is bad. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's so chaotic. It's so chaotic. It's hard to, it's hard to grasp onto reality. And that's why I always advise people like it's more than just about your health, you know, your physical health. It's about your mental health too. Like get outside and attach to what's real. Get your feet in the dirt, you know, look a cow in the eye, look your animals in, in, you know, these are things that are tangible that can ground you because when we do this, you guys and I, we do this all the time. We're having these conversations all the time and, and we're having to look and read and research all the time. It can be overwhelming. You know, what's real? Well, we're real. We can look into each other's eyes and and feel our spirits and and connect in that way. That's what they want to cut off. That's what we have to do more of. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. We have to just it, we have and we have to teach our kids how to do it and how and uh, we have to just cling to that. I said this on my show the other day. It's a synthetic version of everything natural. They've they've co-opted food, turned it into a food-like substance. They've co- they're trying to co-op everything and now it's us. They're trying to make synthetic versions of us. They started with law. Jeez. Fictitious yeah. person. They started with law. Mm-hmm. They went the money, fiat money, fictitious money, yep. and now then they went to information, but now they're going to us. Yes. You're absolutely right. Dystopian. Yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. But and the thing is though, we need to understand how powerful we are. Because we've been t- we've been taught to think we weren't powerful. And there is nothing more magical than the imagination of a human being, the creation of music, the creation of art, the working with your hands, uh, innovating something, communicating in a way that AI could never match. You know, uh, AI can write a lot of things and yeah, it can write it well, but they're never going to be able to write a story that happened to them. We're going to, we're always going to have that our anecdotal stories and the the emotions we feel around the stories that we are experiencing, all of that, they're never going to be able to, to copy that. And so that's how we fight back is we, we continue to use that specialness of being human to, to uh, put that out in the, in the ether more than the artificial intelligence that is they're pushing upon us. Yeah. Um, I, I just threw that up there, the, the immune modulating mushrooms. What is your thought on mushrooms? Because um, it, this was quite interesting. I was I was kind of, I don't remember, what was I on the After Dark chat last night or something like that, and I was talking about this. But I said, you know, in the mid-2000s, there became this health food revolu- revolution, right? Yeah. And everybody's, I'm going vegan. And other people are like, I'm going vegetarian, right? Yeah. And, and then you have this clash. And, and then... Now we're having this transition where I'm going carnivore or I'm just not fucking eating, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we have this dichotomy of sides. Yeah, religious and, almost. Right, but it, yeah. and it's extreme, but it's telling you one thing, that there is an underlining problem and people are looking for the solutions. And yeah. some people find solutions within the extremes. But we're, we're realizing now that it's not necessarily the diet that you do eat. It, it's it's well it, it is the diet that you do eat but it, it's not necessarily whether it's carnivore or keto or intermittent right. fasting or vegan or vegetarian but instead it's the limiting of the amounts of poisons that you're actually putting into your body that is making the difference for all of those people it's source it is right yeah. where where's source, this right? source. sourced it what, what is it coming out of it is it coming out of you know depleted soil because so much yeah. of our soil is depleted and so we're not getting the nutrients that we used to i think it's like you know two cups of spinach from the 1950s if you were to get the same amount of nutrition from from that now today you'd have to eat like 25 cups that's how yeah. depleted the stuff is well do you remember hearing about the native american soil that they had, it was a special soil that was yeah. found in certain areas of Native American territories. Yeah, and South it was, America too. Yeah, in South America, it was this black soil, and they couldn't figure out what the hell was going on with it. I don't yeah. remember. Well, no, I don't. Okay, well, Vince knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but it had the, it just had this concentration of minerals in it, and they couldn't figure out how they kept the soil so strong and so vibrant because you throw anything in there, it grows massively. Hmm. Well. 
people rediscovered this, this technology. And everybody's rediscovering this technology now. And it's interesting because what this is, is something that is so abundant on this planet that it heals the soil. It, it provides nutrients for the soil and the plants. It allows for abundance of growth. It is something that is almost genetically identical to you, me, Vince, and everybody out there. You can put it into your body. You can never overdose on it unless you're taking the psychedelic type. And <laughs> it will completely transform your body, your immune system. Your body reacts to it in amazing positive ways. There's a billion and one health benefits of it. It's fucking mushrooms. Yeah. And this was mycelium that was building in the soil. Mm -hmm. And then they would mm -hmm. plant crops in there and it would sure. leave the nutrients while it kills all the dead organic material. Yeah. And, and, and so people are now doing mycelium um, horticulture. They are going right. out there and putting mushrooms in the soil and then planting tomatoes and other types of things in it. And they're coming mm -hmm. out massive and full of nutrients. And it's like, oh my God. Like yeah. this, it, and it makes sense because what is what decays the old old growth forest mycelium right mycelium is the number one thing out there that basically produces compost in our world mm -hmm. and, and right now we're finding that it also helps us and, and i love this whole mushroom revolution that is going on right yeah. now um, because there's people out there that are just taking pills of mushrooms or eating certain mushrooms and they're like oh my god all my symptoms went away overnight. Like, oh my God, I'm healed. Oh my God, yeah. cancer went away. Or, oh my God, you know, this went away. And they're realizing that most of what we've had in our life is deficiencies. And Absolutely. Deficiencies and toxicity. It's just, you're deficient in this and you're in a toxic environment is providing this. Yes. And when you provide something that eliminates both of those factors, yeah, I th I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that all disease comes from deficiency. Uh, mm -hmm. I follow Dr. Joel Wallach for many years. He wrote a very popular book called uh, Dead Doctors Don't Lie. And he used to be a veterinarian and started treating animals due to deficiency because he noticed their behaviors. If they were uh, deficient in copper, say they would go after, you know, eating wires on the farm or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he was able to correlate that deficiency, give them what they needed and the animals got better. So then he's like, why wouldn't this work for people <laughs> you know and and it turns out that's what it is but that we're living in an over toxified environment and undernourished yep. and so we have to uh clean up this is how we do that though we have to push the free marketplace and the way we do that is to to give us solutions that we really want and the way we do that is we stop buying their crap yeah and until that happens uh, it's going to be a tough road because as long as we're buying their crap and, and so many people say it nowadays too, it's like, I don't even like this stuff. You know, I don't even like this food. This is like, eh, it's okay. You know, we accept such a mediocre product out of convenience because convenience is a, a is a, so important to us. Whereas and out of addiction an addiction mm -hmm. too, because there's Marketing. chemical addiction with what and, they're putting and the in the sugar food. that's inside and yeah. sugar. Yeah. Uh, excitotoxins that everything is better with sugar. Yes. Habit. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we do that. And so it's about cutting that 
uh, neural pathway that we've developed that we have to have, you know, food for taste that we have to, we get certain emotions out of food. When we reprogram it, reprogram ourselves for nutrition, eat with purpose, like, wow, you know, my eyes are kind of getting uh, strained, and maybe my vision's not so good, I should probably add in more beta carotene into my diet. Like, this is how we have to think about what we're eating. Food is medicine. So if if our body's signaling to us that this is this is an issue, you know, maybe you get muscle twitching or eye twitching, that's a signal that you may be low in magnesium right? If you're experiencing anxiety, restless leg syndrome, these are all things from uh, magnesium deficiency. Now, if you're a high energy person, and you burn through magnesium, like me, uh, you need to be dosing with magnesium all the time. So So be careful with that. So people (laughs) who've been here for a while know my story. Uh um, That I was with a, a doctor and I had some blood work done. He's like, ah, you're a little deficient on magnesium. Start taking a magnesium supplement. Um, and I went out there and I misunderstood what he told me to take. Oh. So I was taking like 10X a day of what he told me to take. Oh, liquid... your blood pressure drop? No. So, well, I started, um, I, this is, this is the weird shit that happened. So a few days into it, I'm kind of like, sitting there and I start having heart palpitations. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, this has always happened. What it's were you always taking? been like this. Uh, I forgot what the magnesium supplement was. It was one of oh. the liquid ones, but I'm like thinking to myself, man, this has happened to me for so long. I can't believe this. And like, it started happening again. And I'm like, Oh man, yep. This has just been happening for years. And I was convincing myself that what was happening to my body had been happening for so long that it's been a history of this. And one day I, I forgot to refill my magnesium supplements. And I took it for a good two, three weeks, oh, maybe a month or so. And I forgot to go get it. And like, I didn't have any that day. And I'm like, like, oh my God, like, oh man, I, I, I didn't get the heart palpitations. I'm like, heart, what the? And it finally hit me and I realized that the magnesium was causing like this dementia that Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember not taking the magnesium, but I, I, but it was making me falsely believe that the symptoms that I was having had been there my whole life, that they weren't being caused by the magnesium. Right. I was making up excuses that, and not intentionally. No, but I was I was forgetting things. I couldn't remember things throughout the day. I was oh my gosh, uh, and, and and I wasn't remembering that I was taking the magnesium either. So it was kind of screwing with my whole cycle. Um, yeah. And I got I was lucky I didn't die. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're taking ten hmm. times the amount. Now I I always recommend people work with a practitioner because you know it, it, we have to get out of this mindset too. Like I have insurance. Um, so I need to go to this, I need to go. Yeah. Well, sure it is. But a lot of people pay high premiums. So they, they don't, they don't think that they should pay out of pocket to go, you know, because a a regular practitioner, if you go in and say, Oh, I want my vitamin levels, they'll go, Oh, you don't need that test. And the reason why they say that is because their insurance doesn't cover it. Mm-hmm. And so they will, they have very small boundaries that they can operate in. So I always tell people it's worth it. Go see a functional medicine practitioner, go see a chiropractor, somebody who's trained in nutrition so they can do a proper test to see where you're at. Why guess? 
Why just yeah. guess that, hey, maybe I'm deficient in this. Maybe I'm, why not just know, you know? And then, then, then you can get the proper protocol and target what you need and what you're deficient in. It's a cheek swab. Like yeah. it's just a cheek swab. Have them do that. Test for what you're deficient in. See if you have the MT, um, FHR gene or whatever it is. Right. Um, uh, the and there's different mutations. Other <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's a, there's, there's a several different, they're called SNPs. And again, I want to reiterate that just because you have SNPs in your genome doesn't mean that you're destined for a specific disease. Uh, it just, it just allows you to get, attain more information about how you, how you should be eating and what you should avoid. You know, why, why guess at it? I, I think we'll get to a point in healthcare when, when we, this system is completely dead and the new arises from the ashes. I think we'll get to a point where everyone uh, knows what they're, what, what, what kind of diet best fits them. The yeah. AI will tell you. Everybody's unique. Everybody's no, like gosh, once a week no. checking their results yeah. and just going. You know, AI like, will tell you everything. Gosh, don't. That's so, well, so <laughs> I, actually, I actually talked about this the other day that uh, there's a remote viewer out there, Edward Reardon, and you know, he's, Maybe he's on point. Maybe he's not on point. He remote he remote viewed this um, unknown anonymous target that was given to him by his Patreon users, and mm -hmm. they agreed to it. He get, he started doing it, and he went on this like seven part series of this target. He eventually realized what the target was, and it was he he was given the target QAnon. Okay, right. And um, I did a follow up video on it the other day, and I said, well really kind of how the mind works is it can go out there and find that connection of Q or Q anon. But what if it really meant Q star, which is being developed uh -huh. by chat GPT. Right. Yeah. Um, and so he saw this AI that's it was discovered on this planet. Hmm. It was, a, it was a technology, ancient technology that was discovered and they revived it, reverse engineered it and they brought it up and were developing it in countries with no regulation. And he was, and this was the interesting thing. He was talking about in the remote viewing session of people hooking themselves up into the AI system that they walked around with like a virtual or augmented reality system into it. Uh, and the AI would regulate every single cell in their body to the point where it would be in, your body was in complete homeostasis that any cancer cells were Im immediately killed off. Any viruses and bacteria that were harmful were wow. immediately killed off by nanobots and the AI and that your body would do your daily functions and you could live in this imaginative dream world of nothing but pure creativity and imagination and thought throughout your day. And he, he described it as euphoria and bliss that was mm -hmm. produced by this virtual reality inside of this artificial intelligence system. But and it's I all said, fake. But it's all <laughs> fake. That's right. Isn't Not this what Jared Kushner was talking about? How we're so close. Did you see that clip where he's talking about how close we are to uh, remedying death? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's saying we're very close to work. curing death. It's like, do we want to yeah. do that though? Like, Is what he are talking we about getting? AI? I don't know. He didn't, he didn't uh, specifically say what, you know, the mechanism was, but uh, what are we going to be giving up? I, I feel like it's that gene, Josh, that you said, the God gene, right? The, yeah. the connection. Right. The right? NMM. Yeah. N M N and plus N A D plus, what's that right there? 
That's like they, Dr. David Sinclair. He does all the research over at Stanford. Um, and he's found how to reverse aging in mice. He's taken mice and he's tripled their lifespan with mm. these different types of therapies. And this is, I think, what Jared Kushner is trying to say is that they are close. Like, yeah. That aging isn't actually a process. Aging is basically oxidation of your body. Um, it's toxicity building up in your body over time, the inability for your DNA to basically reproduce. And they think they figured it out. And so this is actually Tony Robbins' company. And I, I like thought Tony. I recognized the name of that. Yeah. And, and the reason I like Tony Robbins' version of it is because it's one, it's one of the most cost-effective NMM products out there. Mm-hmm. But Tony Robbins is working with David Sinclair. Mm. So David Sinclair's formulation is Tony Robbins. So ah. that's why I use that one specifically. Um, I, I actually I have to ask what we will give up in exchange because I feel like for immortality. Yeah. What is what are we giving up in exchange? I don't want immortality. Neither do I. I um, mean, I would like to live a little bit longer. Yeah. Than a hundred years. I'd like 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 five hundred. I think would be cool. Right. Like, yeah. I just want to see a little bit of the future. I want to see my great, great, great grandkids. Right. Like just yeah. a little bit more time. And I think honestly, and, and this was actually predicted by a lot of futurists and a lot of biologists a few years ago that uh, about 2015, they said it, that if you're alive in the next 10 years, you will most likely be alive for the next 50. If you're alive in the next 50 years, you'll most likely be alive for the next hundred if you're alive in the next hundred years, you'll most be likely alive for the next 200. Is this all subject to the fact that you didn't take the shots though? (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is the thing is I think that they already have this technology. Oh, and that's maybe why they want to get us to 500 million because they want to reduce the population. So if we look, I mean, back in the 20th century, didn't we have a depopulation event? We had um, the, World War One, World War Two. we had the Spanish flu, we had the rise of communists, which killed hundreds of millions of people. Mm-hmm. We had a massive depopulation campaign in the 1900s. We're, we're just in that cycle again to where they want to eliminate as many as they possibly can, because what happens after that is a renaissance and a growth period. Mm-hmm. And they're just preparing us for that. And this one is going to be a big one with you know, biologics, as you were talking, that mm-hmm. are going to extend life. But the question is, is what is the system that they're going to implement for that? Is it going to be something like the Justin Timberlake movie in time to where you have a genetically derived technology that you are born with at the age of 25, it begins kicking off and you get a year oh, yeah. of life. And that at the end of that lifespan, it basically produces a poison that kills you, kills you. immediately unless you r- bring in more time. And then yeah. these big oligarchs control all the time and have millions upon millions of years. Is it going to be something virtual reality different? like yeah. uh, that that Bruce Willis movie where they live inside their little pods with the VR glasses on and their yeah. avatars actually just live their lives? So we don't like le- we don't leave. That's scary. Yes. Or something like altered carbon to where consciousness is put on a disc and that disc goes into bioengineered bodies. Um, yeah, or yeah. is it something different? I don't I like mean, any of those. I don't either. I don't like I don't any of it, Josh. Stop. <laughs> or Jupiter ascending to where they 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 farm human beings on planets. Yeah. 
and then they utilize a chemical process to make them into this substance of which they drink this substance or bathe in this substance and it nourishes their cells and brings their body back to its original form. That's what this stuff is. That's how the whole adrenochrome stuff started. Right. Well, I think, I think we're not far off from pod birth. I've seen a number of, you know, uh, uh, you know, I call them breadcrumb stories where they, you know, back page somewhere, they talk about, you know, growing babies in pods and having a license to be able to reproduce and all because of the, uh, you know, the car, the climate crisis, of course, right, we have to monitor all this stuff. But when you see those types of stories, it's like, you know what that means, <laughs> it means something's yeah. going on, right? They're doing something towards that. So I don't think we're far off of, of have, you know, having to have a license to reproduce and babies being grown in pods i really don't nope i think it's i think it's coming um i think that there's a lot of things coming down the road but that only happens if we do nothing that's right that's and right this is the first step for everything for that for everybody out there um tammy your website is naturally inspired podcast yes yeah, you can get to all of my stuff there. So we have Naturally Inspired Radio that you can tune into every day. It starts at three o'clock mountain time. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course, it's streaming on Decentralized now in the mornings. I think it goes off at about 11. Is that right? Somewhere uh, 11 around Mountain, there? Yes. Noon, yeah, 11 Mountain. Noon Central, yeah. one o'clock Eastern. Yeah. So we have that. And then of course, we have the podcast, which is a weekly show that we usually have more in-depth conversations with. And I have a sub stack at Tammy Cuthbert Garcia. Uh, I do a health tip every morning. I do, you know, just different strategies for a healthier lifestyle. So you can get that in your inbox and you can sign up right off of uh, Naturally Inspired Podcast. And then of course, our health summit that we, our annual health summit, which I hope you guys will be able to come to this year i gotta lose some weight i'll be there <laughs> june 1st we already have booked um joel salatin joel salatin will be I, with us I remember this joel year. Salatin, yeah so he's a regenerative farmer uh last year we had like dr peter mccullough and we had yep. dr henry ely all these people um this year we're gonna bring in some of those types of people but we're also gonna bring more solutions to the table this time so Beautiful. how do you become more self-sufficient in terms of growing your own food and you know taking charge of your own health and all of that kind of stuff so lots of stuff going on at naturally inspired all the time awesome and just fantastic uh guys many of us are going to go over to the after dark uh fringe after dark show that is on socialredpill.com it's the subscription version of this show where we continue the conversation and we just talk about all different types of topics you can find that at socialredpill.com go under groups and find the fringe after dark show um and you can find the subscriptions on there if you're new to it if you're on social red pill if you just click on the groups you can see the subscriptions where they come up there uh we'll be over there it starts in uh it started nine minutes ago uh, but we'll be there at about uh, about <laughs> 10 minutes or so people can start joining in because you're free to join in 100 um and i'll join in here in just a little bit i just gotta go take care of a few things but tammy thank you so much for joining us just thank awesome you having you so happy to have you on the the red pill project and decentralized media it's gonna we're, we're setting the tone for the future exciting times Guys, please visit her naturallyinspiredpodcast.com. You can also find her linked up on uh, our Rumble channel. If you go to her videos on our Rumble channel, she all of her links are right there as well. Check her out. Much love, respect. God bless everybody. You guys take care. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Tramping the spoon.
That's impossible. Only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon.